Hello, everyone, and welcome to Speaking with Joy, a podcast to fill your soul, challenge your mind, and make you brave. I'm your host, Joy Clarkson, and an evangelist for all things good, true, and beautiful. So make yourself a cup of tea, find somewhere comfortable, and let's dive in to this week's episode. We enter a world we didn't create. We grow into a life already provided for us. We arrive in a complex web of relationships with other wills and destiny that are already in full operation before we are introduced. If we are going to live appropriately, we must be aware that we are living in the middle of a story that was begun and will be concluded by another. Welcome back to Speaking with Joy, everyone. I am so excited to welcome you on to this week's episode, where we will be exploring the idea of heritage. All of us in the world are given these stories that began before we entered into them. The stories of our parents and our grandparents, of our communities, of our environment, our health, our emotional life. Um, The things that we think are possible and impossible are oftentimes shaped by the heritage that we are given. But does this mean that we are bound to that heritage? Can we shape it or change it? Or are we kind of bound in a deterministic way to the stories that came before us? I don't think we are. I think we have the capacity to choose, the agency to shape what heritage we hand on to the world around us, to the children we have, and to even to our friends. So this is the general theme that we will be talking about today. And I have the great pleasure of welcoming my friend Kristen on today to chat with me about these ideas. So welcome on to Speaking with Joy, Kristen. Thank you. Glad to be back. Yes. And Kristen uh, and I talked about this time last year. We did. And we talked about uh, cultivating the garden of your life, right? Mm -hmm. We talked about how bodies aren't like machines. They're more like gardens that we should kind of pour into cultivating the environment of our lives rather than just trying to tune ourselves up. Yep. And I know that people really loved that uh, that episode. I got a lot of responses to that. I think because we all could use more space in our lives to think about who we are becoming and how we're cultivating ourselves. And you are one of the key people in my life who always helps me do that. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. And I... I should take this moment, I'm going to let you kind of give uh, the background of who you are and why these topics of heritage and health and um, cultivating our emotional and physical well-being matter to you. Yeah. So, Kristen, who are you? Why do you care about these things? Yes. Etc. Okay, so I am Kristen and I am recently a certified functional medicine health coach. Um, basically what that means is I help people make changes in their lives to be healthier, whole individuals, um, and do that through lifestyle change. So things like sleep, movement, food, relationships, stress reduction, which is all what we talked about last time. I'll put a link in, go listen to that episode. It's great. It will help you. It helped me. We had a blast doing that (laughs) episode. So yes, we have a lot of fun with that. Um, and so I've been in a little journey recently since I have sort of finished up that certification, uh, and moved into health coaching. And also I should pause you here and say, Kristen also lives in Scotland. I do live in Scotland. And how did you come here, Kristen? I got here via 
well, <laughs> how did I get here? Marriage. Marriage, I suppose. <laughs> so uh, my husband is doing a PhD in the same sort of area that Joy mm-hmm. is also doing a PhD. So that's how I got across the ocean. Um, and well, part of that was I want to start figuring out what I want to do with my own life. Yeah. Um, and health coaching was one of those things. Um, yes. And so, and we met at a time when both of us were kind of in the full like flux of life being insane and more than we could handle. Yes. And I think we kind of developed our friendship in a space of how are we going to do this gracefully and yep. well? Yep. And then from that point, you've done this health coaching. Sorry, I'm just like Go for it. talking you up, but you've done this. <laughs> you've taken a lot of what I um, I saw in that what we what we shared in that individual and that initial kind of development of our friendship of of trying to live well and have turned it into an art and into a skill and a craft mm-hmm. and kind of taken on the training that you needed to do that for other people. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. sorry. Now you can tell what you do yeah. professionally. I just wanted to give that background of our story of you got married, came to Scotland. Yep. Right as I was starting my PhD, you were both like in the full flux of marriage and international life. And we were both crazy. And you were somebody who really helped me center. Hmm. And it's kind of been amazing to watch you take that that thing that was really natural to you, which was helping people kind of grow into who they are and cultivate that in in this new mm. way and doing Aww. functional health coaching thank you i always feel like i put those words in the wrong order but i think that was the right order wasn't functional it? medicine health coaching okay i was close you're close <laughs> well you said that beautifully thank you so much so so since that time i i of course finished up my health coaching certification and then had to start thinking through well what type of health coaching do I want to do? Like I have functional medicine, but that's massive. We could talk about all sorts of different things. What do I really feel passionate about? Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, this led me to soil health, which mm. we'll get into in a minute. Um, because one very particular part of my story uh, that I've wanted to run away from, mm. but is very much a heritage mm. that has been given to mm. me and one that I grew up in, um, was that I essentially grew up on a farm, um, grew up in a very small town and I grew up on my parent grandparents' farm. So it wasn't my parents' farm. Um, but grew up in a small town, a farming community. And that is part of my story that I was happy to forget, Hmm. happy to leave, uh, never wanted to return to. And then it's funny how, how the world works because we ended in Scotland, ended up in Scotland in a part of Wisconsin that feels exactly like where I grew up. Hmm. Small towns, John Deere tractors driving down the street, rolling hills of farmland. (laughs) And that started to nudge at me Hmm. just enough for me to listen uh, Hmm. and to see what that had to teach me. And so through this whole journey of health coaching and getting into soil health, which we'll get into later, and kind of combining all of that, um, there really is this idea that we fit into a, a larger story that really mm. stood out to me. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, of course, is how does our health story, how is it given to us? How do we steward it well? And then how do we pass it on? Hmm. That's so good. And I think that oftentimes uh, when we think about our health story or the heritage that we are given specifically in health, mm-hmm. there can be this kind of fear because what that says to my mind initially is I'm genetically predisposed to various diseases 
that means that I will get them and there's nothing I can do about it. Right? And that's terrifying. Um, and that could be physical diseases or like, you know, in my family, we're fairly open about the fact we're all Scotch-Irish and we're all mentally ill, right? Mm. So like, does that mean that I'm doomed to pass that on to my children? Mm. And But at the same time, and I think this is what we've talked about a lot and what I've, I've seen you, what you've really helped me understand is that if we don't take into account those stories, um, both of our emotional health and of our physical health, the things that are passed on to us, uh, we really can't change anything about our lives, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like a blindness or a forgetfulness to the mm-hmm. things that shape us most. Yeah. So um, share whatever you want to share, but I would love to know like, how much do our stories impact our health? How yeah. much do the heritages we are given shape yeah. who we are? Yeah. So I, I'm going to start with two things, actually, if you can start with two things, I'm going to start with your grandmother. And then I'm also going to start by saying, I'm going to address the genetic predisposition, Hmm. um, question, because a lot of people have a lot of fears around that. Like this runs in my family, therefore Hmm. I'm probably going to get this, um, which is not necessarily true. So Hmm. we'll talk a bit about that through this whole line. Um, and then the other thing I would just say is everything I'm going to share is Mm -hmm. based on me being a health coach. So this doesn't replace any sort of physician, therapist, counselor, like none of the other professions. I'm coming at this from a health coach, uh, and a friend that has some interesting information that you might want to share. Yeah. I might want to listen to. So, um, I'm going to start with grandma. So your, you existed in your maternal grandmother, which mm-hmm. I learned that from a book called it didn't start with you by Mark Wolin. I think is how you say his last name. And I'll put a link in this. The show notes. So that book I bought on Amazon actually, because I, didn't want to spend money in a book. Uh, and I wanted to try Kindle out. This is not an ad. I promise. Uh, I wanted to try Kindle out cause I wanted to see, I collect a lot of books and of course living overseas, you always are thinking about like, I will have to move these home one day across mm-hmm. an ocean and I do Am I willing to do that for this book? So it was $2 and I thought, great, it's $2. It'll go to my iPad. Off we go. And so I started reading this, this book called it didn't start with you. And it drastically changed mm-hmm. the way I view humans, the way I view our mm-hmm. behavior, the way I view our health choices, mm-hmm. all sorts of things. Um, and it starts with our maternal grandmother. And the reason for that is that women are mm-hmm. girls or babies who are girls are born with all of the eggs that you will ever have mm-hmm. in your whole life. And if you think about your mother being in your grandmother, and then you as an egg being in your mother, you existed in your grandma. So it's like, it's like a human Russian doll. It is fascinating. That's exactly what it's like. <laughs> so it's really fascinating to think about the experiences of your grandmother then are passed down to you. So, wow. um, we'll talk about that in a, in a second, but then what happens, uh, let's say you come along. Well, actually your mother comes along. Your mother has all of these experiences. Um, let's say your mother was anxious. Let's say Mm. she had some sort of illness. Let's say she was very stressed. Let's say she Mm. had some scripts that went through her mind. Mm. This is the same for your father too. Um, because we know that that is passed along through genetics and through DNA when you become a little human in your mother. 
Uh, and so all that impacts. So we have this idea or had this idea that the womb is this very safe, protected space, that nothing bad or anything can ever happen there because it's sterile and it's, it's hmm. um, untouched by the world. But we know based on lots of evidence that that's not actually true and that the womb and and the umbilical cord actually has a microbiome, which mm. the microbiome is the thing that changes everything. <laughs> Tell um, us about the microbiome. So our microbiome, um, then, if we're thinking about our health story, moves forward into when we're born. So our microbiome can be passed through a vaginal birth. Uh, mm. And basically, when you come through the birth canal, all of your mother's microbiome goes all over the place. And that is really the foundation of your mm. health. Now, babies born through C-section... Um, don't necessarily have that microbiome. However, they can build it hmm. throughout their lifetime. And so if you were born by C-section or you have littles who are born by C-section, it's not the end mm-hmm. of like massive mistake. Um, not at all. But that is where our microbiome can get passed from hmm. our mother. Um, and so that becomes interesting because hmm. our microbiome uh, is basically our bacteria, fungi, all sorts of little microbes Mm -hmm. that cover our skin. They cover Mm -hmm. our eyes. They cover all over our mouths. They're through our gut. So a lot of people have heard of a gut microbiome, but they don't know that there's actually like breast tissue microbiome Mm -hmm. and there's eyeball microbiomes and there's brain microbiomes. There's womb microbiome. So there's all sorts of microbiomes that are happening all over our body. Um, and they are really the communication channels Hmm. that go between all different parts of our entire body. So there's a very strong connection between our gut and our brain. Hmm. Um, and when we influence our Hmm. gut microbiome, we influence a lot else about Hmm. how we interact with the world. So that's given from our mother. Okay. That then is given to us. We develop it over time and we can change it based on lots of different things. If you played out in the dirt, Hmm. that's affecting your microbiome. If you grew up with dogs, you're then picking up that microbiome. All the food you eat and the people who hug you and Hmm. the kisses that you receive as a baby, all of that is building your microbiome. Um, So even though it might not come from your mother, it comes from Hmm. everywhere else, which then begs an interesting question to say, are we all connected? Hmm. Yes. Hmm. Like we share microbiomes. Hmm. Wow. So we've hugged. We've hugged. You've shared a microbiome. Um, So that's where all this becomes very an interesting, complex web, Hmm. web going through here. It's like that, that opening quote from uh, Peterson. Yes. We enter a web that we didn't create. Yes. Of, of, of meeting wills and destinies and microbiomes. Exactly. Exactly. So we get a lot from our parents um, and that can come in the way of, uh, let's say, again, we'll go back to the example of a a stress response. Let's say Mm -hmm. one of your parents was very anxious. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe you were unwanted or unplanned and that was Mm -hmm. made very well known. Mm -hmm. Um, That type of stuff affects what we're past, what's passed along to children. So if young children are experiencing high anxiety, that's Mm. probably because a lot of things, but it could also be because that was passed along. Mm. Uh, and one thing that, that you can ask yourself a lot of questions about is like, does this belong to me? 
Hmm. And a lot of times, especially with people who maybe are older, it's hard to ask a child that. Hmm. Um, but when people feel like this anxiety or this depression or this whatever it is doesn't feel like it belongs to me, hmm. then it likely belongs to somebody in past generations that was passed on to you through hmm. genetics. So um, what's then very interesting is you can, uh, well, I'm going to back up here actually. So you're growing up, you're growing up, you're growing up. Uh, we will encounter our own stuff in the universe and in the world that we, we live in, um, that produces all sorts of different joys, excitements, stresses. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, we develop ways of coping. Um, we develop friendship. We, we love, we do all this exciting stuff, which is us being human. Mm -hmm. And then we pass that along Hmm. into future generations. Now, um, what is interesting, let's go back to the genetic mm-hmm. thing. So our genes are fascinating because I can change my genes based on how I experience the world. So based on environmental toxins, for example. Mm-hmm. So my genetics change when I put on perfume because wow. perfume is an environmental toxin. Um, or when I, um, let's say cook with a very like destructive type of, I mean, like I know Teflon is like not a great mm-hmm. way thing to cook with. I know a lot of people use it because it's usually inexpensive. Um, but when that comes off, that then goes into our body via mm-hmm. our food and that changes the way our genes, um, our genes actually look and stress is actually one of the greatest things that changes our gene mm-hmm. And how our genes look and how they, they're actually formed. So that, I'm imagining a pair of blue jeans. I want you to know right now. Yes. <laughs> changing, jeans, changing my blue changing jeans. Changing blue jeans. Uh, yes. How they look. Anyway. No. Genetics. So. You know. So our genes can change and then we can pass that along to others. Which um, is both great and heavy information. Yes. Because it means that we are a part of shaping and changing the yes. genes that we have and the genes that we will pass on. So it's not just of the traveling genes. Yes. So it's not actually just negative things. It can be very positive things too. So this is where you taking control of your heritage that you were given, Mm -hmm. um, can become very important and empowering. I think because we have the ability today to break generational things that have Mm. been happening in our family for 40 generations. So, Mm. um, one of those might be maybe you have a very uh, busy life. Like let's say that your family is constantly moving and there's kind of this anxious energy mm-hmm. and this feeling of like, I always have to be doing something. So let's say you were to sit and meditate. You were to do some centering prayer. Or you were to calm your mind and you were to learn how to do that. You might be the first one in generations upon generations of your family that Mm. decided to take a moment for herself or himself or whoever else. Mm. Um, And you might have broken a generational chain chain that has been passed along this whole time. Mm. Um, And that you then pass along to your future generations um, is is a gift. So this is really fascinating and... And really kind of 
gives a sense of, I think you're right, empowerment to the choices that we make. I, it connects my mind to the idea of, and go with me here, but, mm-hmm. uh, and especially in the Old Testament, the idea of generational curses, right? Yeah. Things that carry. So there's the famous passage, I think it's in Exodus, where it says, you know, um, for the Lord is faithful and uh, shows loving kindness to each generation. Mm-hmm. But the sins of each generation will visit them for 10 generations. And I always thought that was kind of harsh. Um, and it is. But the thing that's interesting about that is it's not like, and God will visit upon you. It's it's just like a statement of fact, right? Mm-hmm. That if that we will, that the, the negative things we experience in a family will continue to visit every generation. Mm-hmm. Unless you break it. And I think... It's interesting, too, because something that was kind of coming out as you were just discussing this is not uh, a separate uh, two categories, but the sense of we inherit both the physical makeup and the genes that we're given, but then also the scripts. And mm-hmm. and by scripts, I mean the kind of things we tell ourselves over and over again about particular things, right? So we were talking earlier about like cooking. Yes. You said your your mom and your grandmother on that side Yeah. thought of cooking as like a duty. Yes. So I watched my mom growing up. Mom, love you if you're listening. But <laughs> my mom, and I watched her approach cooking as it's a something I have to do to feed my family, but mm-hmm. it's burdensome. I yeah. don't like doing this. I never saw my maternal grandmother cooking. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know about my great-grandmother. Um but that was the script that I had for a very long time hmm. until hmm. my dad started picking up cooking, which was, I don't know, I was maybe like 15 or so mm-hmm. that I really started to see my dad cooking. And my grandma was a very much a cook and there were lots of, there's a lineage of that on mm-hmm. my paternal side of, of my family. And once I saw that, I realized, oh, oh, this isn't the only way one could think or feel about cooking. Yes. Yeah, and so that's a good example of we inherit maybe the the physical ailments or the physical strengths, but we also inherit these ways of thinking about mm-hmm. anything in our life, right? Yeah. And some of those can also be um, how we think about ourselves, how mm-hmm. we think about work, right? Um, how we think about romantic relationships. Well, and, and I think something that help, has helped me think about this in my own life is what we think is possible and impossible a lot yeah. of times are what those scripts surround. And uh, and those are both things that we inherit. But they're not immutable, right? Because And that's what I'm hearing you say yeah. is we we don't inherit them like like a, an unchangeable thing. Yes. We inherit them, but they're malleable. They're porous. And our... Our conscious decision to shape them um, is what can change them and and then we can pass on Mm -hmm. to other people. And I think that's why it's really important to kind of take stock. I think a lot of times we just don't even think about what we've been been given. Yeah. And I think taking the time to be conscious of what are the scripts I've been given? What what are the ailments or the the predispositions or whatever? and that's, again, a good, I think that's a good word for it, predisposed, because it doesn't mean you're predestined. Yes. You are disposed in these directions. Yes. Go. I have a thought on that, because right. I realized I never circled back around to the microbiome yeah. and genetics. Yeah. Because this is the thing. I'm predisposed, right? We hear this a lot with yeah. genetics. Um, I am here to tell you today that just because you have a genetic predisposition towards 
towards whatever you want to insert mm-hmm. in that in that blank, that does not mean that you will that you will, will get it. And mm-hmm. actually, <clears throat> you can through your microbiome change how your genes, as we've been talking about, mm-hmm. change how your genes express themselves. And so your microbiome is actually the thing that will either turn on genes or turn them off mm. or keep them dormant, um, which is why it's so important to engage mm. in these healthy lifestyle behaviors, which as we spoke about in the last podcast, things like our diet is mm. and what we eat is so, so important to our microbiome. Our movement and how we move and exercise and mm. yeah, that has significant impacts on our microbiome. Mm. Our sleep mm. is like the greatest restorative mechanism if you want I don't like the word mechanism but whatever it's uh, like magic <clears throat> sleep really, is magic it is sleep magic. is magic um like all of that stuff our stress response all of it goes into our microbiome um and so the the idea is the more diverse your microbiome so the more interesting bacterias and fungi and all sorts yeah. of little microbes that are in your microbiome the healthier you are hmm. and um, the more that keeps your genetic predisposition, it turns it kind of a, it in a way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and okay, so I think that sometimes it may be hard to like see that change genetically, mm-hmm. but I think in some ways it's almost easier to trace the way that someone can end end a disposition or whatever um, in the scripts that we received. Mm-hmm. And like for me, and I think this is okay to share because my mom has shared it many places. I've kind of watched, I have seen my mom break uh, a chain of guilt and performance. Mm. So her, there are many wonderful things that we receive from that side of the family, but there is a lot of language, or there has been in that side of the family, around kind of like needing to be enough and perform, and, uh, and if you don't perform, a feeling of unworthiness or guilt. And... It's funny because I can observe that in the way that my mom has been treated. But then I see this kind of like the stopping between her experiencing that and her passing it on to us. Mm. Because she didn't. You know, she's not perfect. We're not perfect. There are definitely things that we all wrestle with. And and every family is always in the process of trying to pass on a healthy heritage. Mm -hmm. But I can see in this really kind of clear... uh, almost feels like a breaking a curse mm-hmm. way that she kind of absorbed that from her family, but then said, I don't want this to be the heritage. And she would even use that, that word that I passed to my kids. Mm-hmm. And, and you think, how long did that heritage live in her family? Yeah. It's a you great know, question. How, what, what, what if it was 40 generations? Yeah. Um, but by her breaking it, I don't even have to reckon with that curse because it wasn't, it wasn't passed on to me. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's a really, I think that's something we need to think about is just thinking you have that power. And it's interesting too. And I want to ask you about this because these are not like separate things. I think the scripts we have, those are not separate also from the bodies that we have. Yeah. And the ways that our body experiences the world. Yes. And, um, which relates also to the ways in which we store emotional unhealth and trauma yeah. in our bodies. Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. So we, and I am by no means a trauma expert. No. Um, 
but we've read books about it. (laughs) (laughs) And have had our own experiences. Yes. So trauma is stored primarily in the muscles of your body. And so uh, that is why things like massage therapy can be Mm. so intense or things like acupuncture can be so intense is because oftentimes like if you're in a massage Mm -hmm. therapy session and and a um you're being worked on let's say a spot in your back and then all of a sudden you feel sad or you feel Hmm. mad or you feel like whatever the emotion is you feel very vulnerable in that in that moment it's because they've likely hit a place that you've been storing trauma and if that sounds unreasonable, part like uh, that could sound kind of mumbo jumbo, but like when they when you study, and this is manifestly true, when they've done huge studies on on trauma victims of various kinds, whether that is you know violence or just ordinary, not ordinary trauma, but like the trauma of a divorced parent or um, or of children who've been sexually abused, like their incidence of actual physical unhealth mm-hmm. is so much higher. Yeah. Which is kind of a way that we can see that. Yep. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we could talk for days about how that evokes a certain stress response in the body and like what that stress response does and where it goes and all of that. But yeah, so trauma is stored in our, in primarily in our muscles. Um, And in some ways it's a form of remembering, Mm. which is... Fun fact, the podcast I just put out is on remembering. Yeah. So go listen to that. Yeah. So it's a form of remembering and, and it's not always a helpful form of remembering. Mm -hmm. So our body, if you think about it in just very like, mm, just, we are like mammals, like we are, it's the fight or flight or freeze. Your body's trying to take care of you. Exactly. And so your body is going to use that trauma as a way to protect yourself and defend yourself from whatever might come next, if it needs to be prepared for that trauma again. Well, most of the time for, for many people, um, that's like a one and done thing. Like that response and the storage of that trauma was Mm -hmm. helpful for a short period of time, but you no longer need it. And so you need to let it go because that type of stuff can be transferred on to future generations. So, yeah. So if you have not put trauma as a memory rather than something that you're carrying with you all the time in your body. Yep. Then you can pass that on to, to children, even to the people around you, mm-hmm. uh, to your yeah. friends and your spouse. Yeah. There's such a thing as secondhand trauma. Yes. Or passed on trauma. Um, which I think is also a good argument again for sometimes I think we can feel selfish or indulgent for trying to focus on these things or get them undone, but you're not Mm -hmm. because in so much as you keep these things inside of you, they, they're passed on to the people around you Mm -hmm. and you matter enough all on your own to -hmm. get it out of you, to, to release whatever is being held in your body. Yep. But the people around you also matter. Yeah. And I think this is where the concept of self care is Mm -hmm. like, I just wish we had some more complex or just fuller language to talk mm-hmm. about self-care because that is a term that's really been, I think, co-opted by just indulge yourself. Yeah. That's not at just all. Just treat yourself. Just treat yourself. That's yeah. not at all what it's about though. Yeah. Like this is true self-care to say, I am going to do something 
for myself, mm-hmm. take off the weights that I don't need to carry anymore, mm-hmm. and for those around me, and from perhaps those future generations, or... Um, it's the, a real acknowledgement of the fact that you are born into a story you didn't start and will and will not end with you either. Exactly. And that you have choices to make today on how you are going to allow that story to move forward. And I think that is where self-care plays a role in our life, is taking care of yourself so that stories can look different. So the microbiome on, that you're passing on is yeah. life-giving. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't have to look like digging into the trauma that's stored in your muscles or mm-hmm. like that type of stuff, but it could look even like, you know what, I'm going to choose to maybe stop eating that food that give that I'm allergic to because it's really not helpful to me. Mm-hmm. Or it could be that I need to pick up going for a walk. Mm-hmm. Or which are again, and this is the thing I've always I always love about your approaches is they're always very specific things that you can begin with now. Yeah, it doesn't totally. Yeah, a little bit at a time, and it doesn't have to be overwhelming because I know sometimes when we think about like I'm carrying the whole weight of the world on my shoulders for me and my past generations and my future generations, like yes, but no, like it doesn't have to be so yeah heavy feeling. You have a responsibility, and I think that's. What, if we can remember that, like we have a responsibility to ourselves, to our communities, to our lineage. Well, I think the other thing to remember is that, yes, you have a responsibility, but you've also been given a lot, right? Yes. This whole conversation is about the fact that we are in a posture of receiving. Yes. And so a part of it is also looking at how do I receive what is good from other people around me and receive better patterns and receive better. It's not just about kind of, you know you know, muscling it up and doing the best you can. It's also realizing that I never can do that because all of who I am was already given to begin with. Mm -hmm. And so I can shape it, but a part of me shaping it is recognizing that who I am is in this posture of receiving from the world and the communities around me. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Uh, We're all connected. Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful example of we receive and give and we do that because of each other yeah, and have the ability to do that because of each other. So, okay. So this is like a slight gear shift, but tell me about soil. Soil. So I laugh at myself sometimes because I never thought I would care about soil so much in my whole life, Mm -hmm. but here I am. And I grew up in lots of fields full of soil. And again, those are the fields that I wanted to run away from. (laughs) And now here I am very passionate about soil and soil health. So the reason is that who we are Mm. and how we experience the world, if you truly, truly, if we want to have not just healthy individuals, but like healthy societies, Mm -hmm. we have to start looking at our soil Mm. and the health of our soil, how we're farming, our agricultural practices, the fertilizers we're using, the seeds we're using, all of this type of stuff. Now, a soil is kind of like your grandmother in many ways. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely, it is. It is. Yeah. And the thing that I find so fascinating is like the soil remembers. Hmm. Um, but we can also, yeah, the soil remembers. I think that's just the bottom line. Hmm. Um, and we also have the ability to do great things to our soil through regenerative agriculture, or we can destroy it through hmm. most of our conventional practices. Hmm. So the soil is very interesting because just like we have microbiomes, our soil has a very 
like healthy soil has a rich and diverse microbiome mm-hmm. that's passed on to plants, that's then passed on to us and animals that we might later consume. Um, and so that whole microbiome context gets massive when you start mm-hmm. to think about the world's microbiome <laughs> and that all of the microbiome that is actually underneath our feet as we walk through grass mm. or a field, like it's teeming with all sorts of stuff. So um, really our soil health affects our human health mm. through soils, microbiome, and our microbiome. Because um, we're eating things that are coming from the soil and yes. if the soil doesn't have microbiome, then we won't get that from the food. and Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I find that to be very interesting because that is one thing that we... We leave. I mean, we leave lots of things when we pass mm-hmm. through through this earth uh, and through whatever our lives mm-hmm. are now. Because who knows what is next, really? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so, I think our our soil is one of those things that we have the ability to steward well for mm-hmm. future generations. And so, we're given soil from past generations, which most of it is dust at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, However, we have a really unique opportunity to regenerate soil mm-hmm. when we change our, our farming ways, practices. Yeah. Uh, but for those of us who are not farmers, uh, we can do it through our how we consume things, how we buy our food, mm-hmm. how we engage with farmers. Like, are we buying food from a corner of the world that we that's so far away we could probably never get there, mm-hmm. or are we buying it from a local farmer that lives down the street? That makes a huge difference. Um, and so I just find it really fascinating to think through how soil connects us all. Mm-hmm. It connects our generations. It's something we're given. It's something we're passed on. And because food is so foundational to just being human, mm-hmm. it is the place that we have to go back to when it comes to our microbiome. Mm-hmm. And then when we start to apply that to ourselves and how our microbiome affects our genetics and affects our gene expression, mm-hmm and affects how we experience the world and how we pass it on to future mm-hmm. generations. I mean, it's all connected. So that's my little snippet on soil health. It's funny. It makes me think of, um, we'll do your expertise to mine. It makes me think of the church fathers talked about humans as microcosms of the mm. macrocosm. So they talk about how humans are like this, this, each human is like a little world unto mm-hmm. itself that then is mirrored and reflected and participates in the larger world. And I think that's kind of the picture you're saying, which is that each person is contains this story um, that can be written in the genetic code of microbiomes, um, but also in the scripts and things that we receive that's then mirrored in the larger kind of global story that we're passing on in our, in our societies and in our soils. And I think that this conversation for me makes me want to rethink what I think a good heritage is. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because I think that, for one thing, I think our our world is just not very focused on heritage. Mm -hmm. We kind of imagine ourselves as emerging blankly from a blank story. We don't live in places that are deeply connected communities. Mm -hmm. Most people don't. Yeah. You don't have a sense of your father and your father's father or your mother and your mother's mother. So we imagine ourselves as not emerging from a heritage. Mm-hmm. And then because of that, because we have like a blindness to the past, we also have a blindness to the future. 
we kind of live in an eternal present where we are just consuming and not shaping. Yeah. And, and I think that as we do that, we impoverish both ourselves and also the world, the soil and the societies we leave behind. Mm -hmm. And so I think all of this kind of comes back to the sense of connection Mm -hmm. and the sense of dependency. We opened with that uh, passage from, from Eugene Peterson. But the end of the quote is, so he ends with this section where he says, we must be aware that we are living in the middle of a story that was begun and will be concluded by another. And then he goes on to say, and that other is God. That means that everything I think and feel is by nature a response, and the one to whom I respond is God. I never speak the first word. I never make the first move. But of course, the mm. glory of being a human is we don't ever speak the first word, we don't ever make the first move, but we get to make moves and we get to speak words. That's right. And so I think that that should make us think, what are the words we want to speak? What are the scripts we want to leave behind? Mm-hmm. What is the soil? It makes me think of that. Uh, there's, I love Mad Farmer's Liberation Front, the poem by Wendell uh-huh. Berry. Yes. And he has I have that. It in my office. <laughs> do you really? Of course you do. Kristen and I have bonded over. I love Wendell Berry. Um, but there's the bit where he says, he talks about the two inches of humus that develop under the trees every thousand years. And he call, says, call that prophet. Prophesy such returns. And knowing that sometimes the greatest legacy we can leave behind is not some great thing that costs a lot from the earth and the people around us. It, the great thing we can leave behind can be the health of an untouched soil. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So Kristen, I love that. What, um, I don't know what, what is the heritage? What are some heritages that you want to leave behind? Oh, that is a great question. I would love to leave a heritage of, connectedness Mm. to people and place. I think one thing that was given to me Mm. is a strong sense of where I come from. Mm. And I don't take that lightly because Mm. it, it was very, it, and it is instrumental in the way I view the world Mm. as not something that you simply just pass through, Mm. but as a place like there's a there's a community in my mind that I think about that is mm. impacted when I talk about soil health and there's mm. a community in my mind that I think about when I start talking about the health of a society and the health of a group like a community mm. there's a very specific set of people I think about and it is in a town of 2000 people mm. in the middle of nowhere Wisconsin that mm. is where it is and and I think that connectedness to a place although I don't live there anymore. I don't know that I'll ever be back there to live anymore. Um, but it's very important to, to, to what I hope to pass on. Hmm. Um, I think along with that comes love. And Hmm. I think, you know, in the end, like love will prevail. Hmm. And I think that's the beautiful part about our story is, is how do we live as though that's already true everywhere we mm. go? Um, because we don't have control over what happens in our governments and we don't have control over what happens mm. to our weather and to our homes and our, our 
stuff and everything else, mm. but we, we can love. And, and I, I hope that that is passed on. I actually think there's some really amazing stuff that comes about, even just from like a cellular level, mm. when we love and when we are loved unconditionally. Um, so love and connection are two things that come to my mind mm. as far as like overarching mm. themes. And then I just hope that that the heritage that I'm able to pass along is one that's really rich mm. in terms of norms and that we haven't mm. forgotten what's good about what was mm. and that we can we can learn from that. We can learn about what was good. We can learn and we can take that forward. Mm. Um, I mean, I just think there's so much amazing wisdom that comes from, let's say, mm. schools of like herbal medicine thought mm-hmm. because it's, it's tradition that has passed mm. has been passed down. Um, you know, not that that's necessarily part of my, mm-hmm. my heritage, but, um, or mm. I mean, well, we could talk about that, but, uh, <laughs> but I think there's a lot of even traditions of like cooking traditions mm. of how you interact as a family. Mm. Um, you know, there's all those things that I think are really important as to how we're shaped and formed as humans and mm. to become healthy, yeah. whole human beings. Yeah, that's beautiful. So I'm going to share mine. Too. Yeah, Joy, there's, what heritage do you want to leave? There are, well, there's a lot, and I'm sure I won't say the, I'm sure I'll think of great things after this. Oh, yeah, I'm already thinking, yeah, when I'm in the shower later, I'm going to be thinking, oh, yeah, and that thing, oh, yeah, and that thing. But I think it's such a great question. And I think even just beginning to think about it. Yes. And I think it's something I want to take time to think through. Uh, and I think I will try to put this up a bit on um, some questions about this on the show notes, but then also on the Patreon. Is I, I also want to think more carefully about the heritage that I have been given already Mm -hmm. and kind of be more conscious of that in the good and the bad ways. Um, But two things that that came to my mind, and one of them is one I feel particularly weak in that I actually want to change. But the first one, which is not that one, is I want to pass on a heritage of mercy. Hmm. Yeah. It's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Um, I think we live in a kind of merciless or unforgiving world. I think of that particularly a lot when I'm on the trains. And that's mm. a funny thing to say, but machines are pretty unforgiving, right? Like yes. if you get high, <laughs> if you get hit by a train, like that's it. <laughs> or if the train leaves and you're not there, yeah. like unforgiving. <laughs> yeah. Unforgiving. And, but that kind of sense of if you do not hit the mark, do the thing, make it, you're lost. Right. Yeah. But that, I think, transfers in our societies to a lot of other ways of viewing, you know, whether that is if you have said the wrong thing, failed, dropped out, done the thing, you have a black mark on you, and there's a sense of, like, we have a real sense of, of being willing to just give up on people entirely. Mm-hmm. Which is it, so prevalent it's today. So, it's so prevalent, yeah. Uh, I Yeah, I mean, you could say on one... You know, on the one hand, you can see that in social media. It's so easy for yes. someone to be called out once and then just like burned and forgotten. Yep. Right? And I'm not saying that we shouldn't have consequences for our actions. Mm-hmm. But it is there is this real uh, throwaway culture. And I want to pass on a legacy of mercy. Mm-hmm. That people know mercy doesn't forget. It, it forgets in the right way. It doesn't mm-hmm. forget problems or faults, but it makes room for the possibility of growth. Absolutely. And that's something I want to give 
and that's something that I would want to be a heritage of mine. Mm. And I think that's fundamentally tied up with being Christian, which I think is, if you believe this story, this this story that has been passed on as a heritage yeah. for low 2,000 years, you cannot be someone who gives up on people. Yeah. So that's one heritage I'm going to live leave. The other one, and this is the thing I struggle with, is I want to leave a peaceful and restful heritage. I, I love that. <laughs> and... Because I've realized that um, both by personality, but then also by, you know, by predisposition of yeah. my hustling family, we are all always on the go. And I love that. I love being a high capacity person. It's so fun. But I also want to cultivate and then pass on to, if I ever have children, also the people around me, a haven of, of rest and of peacefulness yeah. that sees a lack of movement as not a bad thing. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think so that beautiful. And I think that does tie back to into the recognizing the story didn't start with me and it won't end with me. So I can sit down sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know Absolutely. What I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and I hope that brings to me anyway, that feels freeing. It does. To think about that. Like, it doesn't start with me. It won't end with me. And like, <sighs> yeah, that means I don't have to carry it. Yeah. Like, Yes, we have a responsibility to like carry on what's for the next generation and it's not all of it's not all on me. Yeah, so I think it, it brings about equal parts rest and equal parts responsibility. It does. And I think that's a cool place. It does. It's to like be. a perfect tension. It it's, is a good tension. It's it's using muscle as muscle. It doesn't break the it doesn't tear the muscle. Yep. But it does what muscle should do, which is that it puts it into tension. Yeah. Kristen this has been such a delight. Thank you for coming on. How can people find your work? Yes. Okay. So if you listened to me a long, long while ago, I actually had a different name, which <laughs> that's a story for another rainy day. But you can find me at this point on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Emmer and Earth is how you can find me. Uh, and I would love to see you there. So if you're interested, especially in this whole like soil health, human health thing, we talk a lot about that on there, but we explore lots of other stuff as well. So would love to see you there. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. I hope that you all enjoyed this week. And I would challenge you to go back into your life and take some time to think through what is the heritage that you've been given and what is the heritage that you want to leave behind. Yeah. So much love and I will catch you all next week. <laughs> <laughs>